you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. The Around the NFL podcast. Starring a bunch of nerds who never played a lick of football. uh, That's not true. Not true. Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast presented by the United States Marine Corps. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined in a room filled with football players, a little rugged bros, Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What is up, boys? Hey, Dan. Now, anyone that's listened to this show, because it comes up as much as he brings up that he lived in England, Mark played football. I did. I played running back in, at the Pop Warner level. Um, went on to high school. Played where a little I cornerback, as I recall. Played cornerback, yep. and, and I also actually was a, a right guard for a year or two. Back now, that had everyone, to be a bad team. Well, everyone weighed about 78 pounds, so it was like a different different time. Were you known for shutting down one side of the football field? Sessler Island, as it were? No. <laughs> to be clear, no. <laughs> um, hi, everybody. Hey. Hi, everybody. A uh, little system, uh, a little update to the programming. Please. Greg will be joining me tonight. Oh, that is an update, yes. Uh, in Mark's place. Mark is hard at work on a long form. That About to be. It's going to change the world. It's uh, it's caused me some stress, but I'm hoping the final product will a be. a tweet about some writer's block, huh? I, if you've ever dealt with that, like I just can't I can't get out of it. I don't know. Ain't so. nobody got time for that. Do you know? <laughs> you, <laughs> your boy, Kerouac. Yeah. Drank himself to death. Uh Okay. Shot himself? Well, I don't know. No, he did not shoot himself. I mean, How old was he? He died at, a bre- I believe, around 63. Okay. Late 50s. You're fine then. <laughs> yeah, that's not what I'm saying. Because a lot of times really. you kind of peak um, artistically and it starts going downhill. I, I was just putting it out there. Maybe the writer's block doesn't become unblocked. Oh, I t- I've certainly peaked artistically. <laughs> Nothing better is going to be happening at this point. You're just sort of going through the motions, uh, trying to you know earn a paycheck every two weeks and Roll with it. It's going to be a little different lineup on on Thursday night. We asked Wes, actually, but just with the tension between the two of you uh, from last last show, it just didn't seem like it was a good time. It didn't seem smart. What tension is that? Well, the Kirk Cousins stuff. Just a lot of of other. Multiple issues. I had multiple people stop me in the office to say they enjoyed the back and forth. Right, of course. I thought it it was fine. 
Now, there I have mean, been the, times in the history of this podcast where a show ended and there was a little tension. I sense none of that. No, after no, I was this most. I was joking. Episode. Okay, good. I, I will say though that the the champ is here. Uh, two minutes. That was some real tension, and that also maybe my favorite two minutes of the show all year. That was. I mean, I I feel like I spoke honestly it's about so that. Exciting. Go back and check it. Out. I hadn't seen the Sessler eyes this season. They came out in that moment, which I was not expecting. That topic will do it, and it's been doing it every Sunday all season long. I'm with you on that one. This is a um, interesting week in football. Uh, first of all, uh, we have what I call three A plus games, and then in Ravens at Bills, Niners at Saints. Chiefs of Patriots. And then I I call them B-plus games because I just think there's a lot on the line and there's fun games. Titans at Raiders, Seahawks at Rams. That, I might even give an A-minus to Seahawks-Rams. You want to bump it up, A-minus? Yeah, I think so. All right, let's bump it on up. Um, I mean, plus you got Al there, Al and Chris. Al, Chris, Michelle. Don't leave Michelle out. You got last year's NFC champion. This is really their, what's going their on? last you look time. especially polished today. What's happening? Yeah, what's going on here? Your hair. What? How am I different? Your beard seems Makeup. like you the beard is trimmed. You've got I trimmed in there, don't you? I trimmed the beard. Got, oh, no there it is. It's a good ensemble. Know. Can we get tight um, on Greg's beard? Because it's it's really, really freaking us out. Really, uh, you know. Well, you got makeup on because you got your show up. coming up. Uh, yeah, I did NFL Now. That's the one that uh, requires the makeup earlier Look today. Look at that beard. I did get a haircut nice. this week. The only issue is haircut. The, the mustache isn't connecting to the beard. Yeah, that that's, side just, that's just but what But the rest of the beard looks with. amazing, actually. Wow. I mean, <laughs> this is a lot of... <laughs> I don't need to connect in this situation. I'm uncomfortable with the all this. pocket square. I have to connect. <laughs> <laughs> you look good. That's okay, I'll take it. Got Thank you. Yeah. In front of a touch, Greg, as much as you as it pleases you, Dan. Anyway, so we got uh, we have two a, three A plus games, one A minus game, and a B plus game, <laughs> and then we got a lot of big wood being laid uh, because there's a lot of just one sided games, and according to the desert, so it's an interesting week. It's topsy turvy. It's going to be fun. So let's get into a draft style. Um, old Zeuser's picking first, and I I thought, wow, how lucky that I'm picking first, but. There's so many great games, as I just alluded to, that you can't really go wrong. In fact, it's it's one of those situations like in a fantasy draft where you just stress out because it's like mm. you have so you have multiple options that would work as number one, and then you're just, ooh, am I going to pick Christian McCaffrey or am I going to pick Alvin Kamara? That type of situation, or or like David Johnson or Saquon Barkley, and ruin your whole season. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. In my fantasy league of record, the guy traded for the number one overall pick, giving up his second round pick and his first to get Saquon. Mm. He's not in the playoffs. Um, all right, here we go. First pick. It's Dan, Mark, Greg, Wes. Wes, no bye week, so you got four games on your plate. So dig in. <laughs> all right. Just terrible. <laughs> we might farm out a game. It's not like I have to write about him. All I have to do is watch okay. him and talk about him on a show. Okay. Here we go. First overall pick will be... 49ers at Saints. I'm going to go two ten and two teams. Huge ramifications here in the NFC. The Niners, listen, they've lost two games on field goals as time expired. Uh, and yet, now here they are in the fifth seed in the NFC. Um, so, you know, perhaps one of the better fifth seeds in recent memory. And maybe they won't stay there. But, hey, if they lose this game, they just might because the Saints – uh, moved up to the one seed with that uh, Niners loss um, in week 13. And I'll be very interested to see how New Orleans looks. I haven't been blown away by the Saints in the past month. November was a little bit of a weird month for the Saints. It started with that 
ugly loss to the Falcons, and then they, they stacked some wins, and they won three straight. But at, at, at no point in the Bucks game, they were, they were pretty good. But I wasn't really blown away by how they were playing. I think they need to raise their game a level, um, and the sign of a good team is that you win when you're not quite uh, you know, revving on all engines. So, again, this is not me saying I'm worried about the Saints or anything like that, but I wonder if the Niners are getting the Saints – uh, t- at a time before they kind of figure it out. Mm. Or if this is all in my head, I mean, are you guys seeing the same thing, that maybe the Saints aren't really I, uh, performing at their top level right now? The one thing I'm really impressed with, I don't think their pass rush and their defensive front gets enough attention. And I, you know, in this, uh, certainly in this game, you're going to focus more on the 49ers defense, but they absolutely battered Matt Ryan and the Falcons in that last game. And, you know, Cam Jordan is playing at the absolute peak level. So I, I like the matchup, but I hear you. They're not the typical Saints blow you out on offense. They're, they just, I think they're a mistake-free offense. They've been good because they don't they, make killer mistakes. One, one weakness I think they do have is, like, who's the guy right now at wide receiver behind Michael Thomas? Do, do we have a one? It's Jared Cook. Jared Cook has obviously yeah, really basically. stepped up. And that, if Cook didn't step up, they'd be in a world of hurt right now. I, I'm with you, Dan. I also don't think they're as battle-tested. I mean, the 49ers have had these game of the years every other week. They had the Packers. They had the Seahawks. They had the Ravens. The, the Saints' offense especially hasn't had a lot of great tests. And this is the most uh, difficult test there is for a passing attack. And normally you think strength on strength, you're taking Drew Brees and the the Saints passing attack. But to me, the, the 49ers pass defense is the more special group in this game. And this is a different Saints team. They're first in the league in terms of preventing turnovers, as, as Mark mentioned. They don't make mistakes. But they're ninth in points per drive. They're ninth in yards per play. It's not an a, a elite uh, Saints offense. And I think this this is by far their toughest matchup. Well, I would be shocked if you told me at the beginning of the year that Alvin Kamara and Leonard Fournette have the same receiving numbers. His, his yards per reception is down from 10.2 as a rookie to 6.9 this mm. year. He's not been a huge big play threat for the Saints offense, and he's not had a 100-yard rushing game all year either. Because if you're going to beat the 49ers, it seems like you would do it on the ground. Like, can they run? Kamara hasn't quite been at the level that he has in previous years. The last few weeks, I think he's looked better, just the eye, the eye test, but he was struggling with an injury earlier, and I think that is how you beat the 49ers. I like Evan Silva calling Taysom Hill the fantasy football version of Satan because he's going to get in there and sneak a couple touchdowns away from you, and he's up to five, and if he hits seven, those sandwiches are coming Ooh. away. I it's, like where he's due to throw one soon. Yep, too. and that counts. They, this is a healthier 49ers team, too. Now, they've spent the week on the East Coast. It's like a back-to-back tough In road. Florida. Game. Like, that's tricky, but they are healthier. D. Ford looks like he's going to be back. Joe Staley looks like he's going to be back. Kittle is now, you know, another week healthier. This is a team that's battled through so much. I'm really just so impressed with what they've done all year battling through injuries. I think they're going to get Matt Breida back, but do you even – Bench Raheem Mostert after how good he looked. Can't do it. Like there's, I think their outside zone running is is a good matchup this week against a Saints team who's so short on linebackers they had to bring Manti Teo back into He's the back. league. So Kiko Alonso's hurt. AJ Klein's a little hurt. Like they're playing Kiko Alonso a little too much. Like I, I I like this matchup for the 49ers. I was thinking about locking it up. It really seems a little mm. crazy to lock that up on the road against but your Saints. Not going to. But I am picking them. That Manti Teo story was crazy. Remember that? I do remember that. I think most do. The the fake girlfriend that died? The catfishing scenario. I mean, 
I know we've moved on as a society, but now that we have some time, like that's crazy. We could unpack it now if you really. I want mean, it. it's ultimately um, a sad story. Oh, it sad was not a good about luck. Manti. No, and he's he's you know, and and he's kind of was like a huge superstar, and he's had an okay career. He's I remember lasted a little. That bit. combine was insane. Were you guys at that one? Where like the yes. the press conference for Manti Teo was was one of the more insane things I've ever witnessed. I remember after he got he got drafted in the second round, right by the Saints. No, by the Chargers. 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 Yeah. Um, talking to uh, went back we were in more in our journo days, talking to Brian Kelly, the Notre Dame coach, on the second level of Radio City Music Hall, and uh, Kelly spinning all positive. That he's just proud of the kid that he'd gotten everything back on track. I guess Brian Kelly couldn't get mezzanine level like us no or floor level no those those were the days sitting in those radio city music hall that, seats that set me back with my chiropractor and my neck for like five years no they had to move on before we move on from this game it really might be the biggest game in terms of seeding in the nfc the rest of the season if the saints win it they have a pretty clear path to back-to-back home field advantages whereas if the 49ers get it uh, then, then that Seahawks 49ers game might be what decides the NFC West and the one seed. And it's that, crazy to think the Niners will be on the road potentially as a wild card team after the journey they've been on if things don't good go Good luck, right. uh, NFC East champion. Right. That's what happens. And keep an eye out. I almost like, regardless of how this game turns out, but especially if the Niners win, that Week 17 Niners at Seattle game could just have n- nothing can be in place and then that game will lock in a lot in the NFC. Mike that could be one of the, the best thing. Week 17 flex games oh, yeah. we've had. Ooh-wee. All right. Let's move on. Uh, Mark, you're up. Well, you know, in, in a normal week, I would want to uh, lock in one of these late games just so you're not dealing with too much chaos early. But there's a game that just attracts, I mean, it's too attractive to me to pass up and it's Baltimore at Buffalo. I think this is one of the more interesting showdowns of the year. And, you know, you look at this Ravens team, they're not going to have Greg Roman two months from now. He's going to get a head coaching job. And so you are really in the final stages of that. Mm. This coaching showdown between John Harbaugh and Sean McDermott to me is what what I'm signing up for on Sunday. I think Sean McDermott, obviously we all like him. He's done a very good job. And I think Buffalo's defense, because of the way that their linebackers operate and because of their very sticky coverage, and Tredavious White has been all pro level, I think this is a team that could hold Baltimore down the way that we really haven't seen too many be able to do. I love that it's in Buffalo, and I this is going to be a test. I don't see this as some sort of 30-10 to 10 type thing. I look at this more as a 20-17 to 17 type game, but the, underside, the undersold part of Buffalo or of Baltimore is their defense, and they've been, their pass rush is amped up, and I just want to see if they, can get, if they can get into Josh Allen's head and create some issues there. There's like the little dance move you made at the end of that. Sure. There's a little treat for our YouTube watchers. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're live on YouTube every Thursday. The Check Bills, it out. Strength of the Bills defense is their secondary. And I wonder how that matches up against the Ravens, a team where the advantage they have over everyone else in the NFL, in addition to Lamar Jackson, is once you get near midfield, you have to stop four downs and the best kicker in the history of the game, whereas mm. Stephen Hauschka, the Bills kicker, it's pretty much limited at 45 yards. He's been days. messy. It's a great matchup, the Ravens' run game versus these Bills linebackers. Matt Milano and Traymond Edmonds, I mean, they, they are the ones that are going to be taxed more than anyone. And if anyone could keep up with them on the outside, I, I would say Milano and Edmonds would have a chance. I'm more curious to see Josh Allen 
building off what's been the best three-week stretch of his career easily. I think by far the best game of his career uh, against Dallas. And they've been playing a lot more hurry-up. And maybe that's a way to do it against Baltimore, where the, the Patriots did some of the same, and that prevents some of the you know the chicanery, the blitzes, mm, the, the substitutions chicanery. that uh, Baltimore likes to do. I don't love the Bills through the air in this game against Baltimore's secondary mm. either. I mean, they they are playmaker, playmakers. Obviously, Marcus Peters has been awesome, and I you know what what weapon John Brown's had a nice season. Obviously. Revenge game. That is a revenge game. John, Robert yeah. Foster. He coming on a little bit. I mean, I guess that's what we're, but when we're talking about Robert right. Foster as your downfield weapon, there's some issues there. I I would be more worried about you know if I'm a Bills fan, the their pass rush is just eh, it's okay. Like their defensive ends are okay, and going up against this Ravens team, Lamar admitted you know the the weather gave him some issues last week with the slippery ball. He wasn't accurate. Uh, I did check the forecast; supposed to be a little windy, twenty percent chance of precipitation. I think if you're the the Bills, you're hoping this game. Could I mean, be Ravens ugly, but Ravens don't care about bad weather. I guess, I, I but Lamar, I, he he said it like it, it messed them up last week. I mean, he he did not throw the ball well. Uh, they did not throw the ball well as a team, and maybe it was impossible to in that in that situation. I mean, when I hear windy, I think Josh Allen interception at a key moment. I mean, there's a, you know a downfield strike that goes totally awry. He might actually say. be helped because. He doesn't put any loft on the ball, so mm. power through that wind. All right. Next up, great. Oh, I, I forgot. Uh, yes. I was going to lock up the uh, the oh. Ravens on the road there. Oh. See, now, see, the lock sounds better. I like it. Using Powerful. the vault over I blew the it. little. I mean, I didn't deliver it in the right way. It's okay. The timing was poor. I can respect that lock. It's a good lock. It checks out. And it also, you begrudgingly have come around a little bit on the Bills, but it just shows that you still don't believe them to be in that Ooh, top tier. That's call. okay. I'm with you on A that. little bit, but it's more that I think the Ravens are one of the greatest teams we've ever covered, and you're not going to have a chance Whoa. to lock them up. I mean, they are. I mean, they are, I think, Playing one of well. the best regular season teams that we've we've covered, in the, certainly in the six or seven years. Mm. So if, if, I'm, if, the, if the desert's going to allow me to do it, which they do this week, I'll do it. Gotta I haven't really it. thought about that. Like, if we did... This would have been a good time to do it. Ooh, maybe that's a good Tuesday uh, seg. Now that we're everybody else gets to do their end of decade shows, we could do you know the Around the NFL podcast start in 2013. Best teams, maybe some of those Seahawks teams from old. Sure. All right. Hey, Ricky, as the producer, can you remind me of that uh, in about two weeks? <laughs> two weeks, so not this coming Tuesday or anything. No, let's kind of bury it like right at the end of the year, so we have the full decade to work with. I mean, I you know. Okay. The, the websites try to get it out early because people just hammering that content all December. That's true, but I checking in. I, that's always been albums. on my radar a little bit. It's so like the hey. best of the decade of the past six years of your seven show? years, right? It's like yeah. Pitchfork released best of the decade November fourth or something. It's like come on, yeah. Does that just mean what about the this? competition? Yeah, we're not doing that, right? We want to we want to actually watch all these games and these teams before we put together our list. And ours is not a sense? decade; it's just our decade, which is you it know is. six plus years, seven seasons. Okay. That's our deck. 13, 14, 15, 16. Could even include 18, you know, 19, 12. The, the website, you know, the blog was up. I guess it was even 11, but who knows? Yeah. 13, the podcast. That's what matters. Pod decade. Okay, I'm no, glad I'm, we figured that out. Wes is like, please move on. <laughs> right. I mean, we don't have <laughs> no, any bye just, weeks. We're like, let's be quicker this week. Yeah. I was just so. thinking if you're doing an end of the decade like overview, maybe don't take yourself so seriously. Mm. It's kind of a flimsy topic anyway, you know? <laughs> Ooh. It, on, on some hand, it's an air filler. 
On some hand, yes. Uh, what is most yes? sports writing? But I like love that. Yeah, what content. is the topic we'll do in the place that is so trenchant? <laughs> right. I love that content. Like I, I eat it up. So you know the people like it. All right, here we go, Greg. You are up with a third pick. You have locked up. I was I was Great. worried that this is. I thought this is how the draft was going to go, and um, I'm taking Chiefs Patriots late. Got to do it. I'm just got to bang it. It's by far the best game left, and anything else seems silly. A you plus. don't have to explain that one, right? I Damn. am curious uh, this week to see the Patriots secondary against this Chiefs team who's been a little disjointed on offense. You know, Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes back-to-back weeks under 200 yards. I, I'm not worried because he finally looks healthy. If I was a Chiefs fan, I'm not worried about Patrick Mahomes. But I would say they feel a little more reliant lately on him just creating magic, that every throw is him just backing up, backing up, or him running the ball has been key in the last couple of weeks. And they haven't had the same rhythm on offense with the long drives and Andy Reid creating plays. And they got to go up against their toughest matchup, uh, that they'll face, which is this Patriots secondary, which in many ways I believe that Bill Belichick built for this game. That this Patriots team in some ways, you know, Andrew Hawkins, who was on the Patriots, said they would always, when, when he was there just in the training camp, they were always talking, I believe at that time, uh, it was about the Colts. And it was like, they, they, that was the one team they had to beat. And they built their offseason around it. And I think that's what the Chiefs are to this team. And I think the Patriots are as well set up with their secondary as any team in the league to slow them down. I think if Travis Kelsey caught a couple of those near, he had one near touchdown that kind of went through his hands and then a deep ball that just went right past him. I think we're talking about kind of a different story, but you're still wondering about the Chiefs running game, which has been kind of hot and cold all year, and they haven't really found a guy. The one guy that they can trust at the beginning of the year, it seemed like they could take their pick of either Shady or Damian Williams, and they'd be fine with either of those guys. And Damian Williams has been out. They don't seem to trust Shady for more than 10 touches a game. Darwin Thompson looked pretty good last week, but he's so tiny. You wonder if what's he going to do against a pretty big Patriots defense. I mean, you want to talk about out-of-sync offense. That's New England, which just strikes me as slow. There's just not a lot happening there. And you know, and I understand that Bill Belichick is not only the greatest coach, but one of the greatest GMs of all time. But part of me wonders if he got a little bit cute forming this offensive roster this season because it's going to come back and sting them at some point. And if you if you get like waxed, what's cute about it, even like, I don't well, know what cute, that what was his like, angle. Cute, really. like I to the point of like we can win with almost no weapon. And they, you know tried, what? The, they the just, Antonio they Brown missed. The Antonio Brown move kind of points out that he it was on his radar this team needed yeah. something else. Well, they tried Demarius Thomas, Josh Gordon, Antonio Brown. Well, why cut Muhammad Josh Sanu, Gordon? They're first round because he's not good at at football right now and I I don't think he's done anything to prove that wrong. Nikhil Harry, their first round pick. They've just swung and missed a lot right now. They're not yeah. finding guys that actually do what Tom Brady wants them to do. I mean, you they've they were waxed by Baltimore. Fair. They, I thought Houston won decisively. Yes. And if you are the Chiefs, I would do what Houston did, which is employ absolute total aggression to make sure that all your weapons are maximized. And then if you're the Patriots and you've lost to those three teams, I just don't see you the same way. Now, can they flip the switch and do what they always do? Sure. No, it'd be a, it, they, they'll have played the three division leaders in the AFC all in the second half of their season. If you go 0-3... In that stretch, that that says a lot uh, about their team. And Wes has already told you they're going to go on to Cincinnati and lose this time around. Mm. Ooh, lock it up, Wes. I'm not locking that up, but it is. I'm standing by that <laughs> prediction. The the t- thing we talked about last week, where Brady's always like pointing at the receivers in the middle of the plays. 
not, not to go back to uh, you know my co-host uh, Andrew Hawkins on Game Day View, but he said he said he he compared. You can yeah, okay. Right. He compared, and I thought it was such a great. He compared being on the Kyle Shanahan offense to what the Patriots do, and he says in Kyle Shanahan's offense, every single play there's a right answer for the quarterback. Like that's why he loves Kirk Cousins because Kirk Cousins does exactly what he's supposed to do. There, there is an exact right answer, and in the Patriots' offense, the right answer is whatever Tom Brady wants you to do, and you have to just know, you have to figure out and see everything the way Tom Brady wants you to do. And I think Jimmy G was good at that too. He had a good feel, and that's why they loved Jimmy G. But these. These receivers and Brady is certainly part of it. It's just they're not on like they're not seeing it the same way. Sanu, yeah, it's sort of the like- rookies. Harry's kind of a, been a little bit of a not a disaster, but for a first round pick, he's not helping them. It's sort of like if the receiver comes to an open space, Tom Brady wants him to sit right there. Right. Because you're open. That's what I'm seeing. It's all based on the coverage, and it's all after the snap. It's all after the snap, seeing what the defense is doing and adjusting based on that. And when they're not on the same page, then Tom Brady can look 42. And will that all be sorted out three and a half weeks from now when we're rolling into January? Yes. Possibly. They have gone to Super Bowls with, like, you know, pretty bad receiver groups. uh, But But their defense defense has to be dominant. That's the formula. And they also had a strong running game, which they don't have. And your point about the receivers and Brady not being on the same page. You had tweeted it, and Bill Barnwell wrote like a deep dive on what's going on with the Pats offense this past week. He cited that tweet of yours, Greg, which I'm sure you know. And you went like this when you read it. Yes. <laughs> Hell yeah. Also mentioned it on ESPN Daily. Stroke the Mina beard. Times. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, he wrote, you know, he was digging in on the whole thing, and, and he did point out something just to tell you how inept that offense was before they tacked on those touchdowns at the end. Before the three late scoring drives against the Texans, Brady was 9 of 25 for 90 yards with an interception and at least two other picks wow. that were either dropped or taken away by penalty. This is Tom Brady and the A Patriots. A bad pick taken away by penalty. In late November, early December, this is happening. Uh, so it does feel a little bit different, which does not mean, and also one of the things Barnwell pointed out, he doesn't need to become Tom Brady again. Look at the Super Bowl 50 champion Broncos with Peyton Manning. But you know, that was a historic defense. Maybe the Patriots are too, but uh, they have work to do. Put it that way. I think we all are in agreement that this is not, if it stays the way it is this now, is such a huge game. Happening. This is the biggest game left, I think, on the AFC conference slate. Because if the Patriots lose, the, the bye is wide open. They're 0-3 against the division winners. It almost feels like too obvious of a changing of the guard situation. And, I, and they need the bye. They need it. If they win, though, they have a great, you know, they're in great position for the bye. And, Huge game for them. And, and everything is fine. They need to run the ball. I think which team can run the ball a little bit better because that, that's where the weaknesses of these defenses uh, might win. I think Are you guys all taking the Chiefs? No, not no. the Foxborough yes. effect. I can't do it. I'm taking yes. the Patriots in a tight one. But an 8-5 and five Chiefs team raises some questions. The, the too. Patriots are in the middle of a, a, a very long winning streak that's like not a big story because they've done, I think, it, they're, they have the third longest winning, home winning streak ever right now. But the, uh, the top four winning streaks at home of all time are all Bill Belichick, Tom Brady, Patriots. Yeah. Just an unbelievable stat. Hey, I'm not going to lock up the That's outrageous. I, I refuse to root for them. Uh, but this feels like a game. I know this feels different, but a game they, they're going to rise mm. rise up and win. And I will say this. The Chiefs, they're, they're done in terms of any uh, aspirations of getting – uh, more than one home game, they're going to win the AFC West. But if they fall to eight, eight and five, they'll end up being a ten and six, eleven and five um, 
team that has to go on the road twice to get to the Super Bowl, which is not going to be. Are we allowed to lock this game? Sure. sure. Of course. I'm going to lock it up for the Patriots. Oh, wow. Okay. I was like, I didn't even know which way you were going to go. Yeah, they're not even. Uh, uh, Vegas has a much. field goal in their direction. All right, Wes. I could see that going very poorly, by the way. People keep misreading the Patriots. Wes, I'm you are. Uh, ooh, ooh. Mark, did that just give you a little chill? We'll no, it's been Sunday. like a month straight of people acting like the Patriots are still the Patriots, and they haven't played like that. So, but Wes put that lock trophy on my desk, which I did not like that move, and I've not won since. So it's a tailspin. You almost sounds like you want to do a whammy action. You almost want to do a lock off. I mean, you already said they were going to go three ooh. straight. I already locked the Cowboys this week. Okay. Oh. Okay. Okay. Wes, go. <laughs> Uh, we ha- one of- we have to take one of these late games, the four o'clock games, because there are four. So we each have to take one, I think, in order for I like our that show that's, to work. That's fair, yeah. And you might think Titans Raiders is the best of these left, but I'm going with a team I've been tracking all year, the Pittsburgh Steelers. He loves his duck <laughs> at the Arizona Cardinals. A little duck versus Kyler Murray action. Get to watch that Steelers defense on a grass field. A little duck, duck, goose. Uh, oh, this is playing great for the old Zeuser. Oh, yeah. Oh, my draft board just opened up. Well, I think the whole draft board is open at this point. It was like three games, and then everything else was equal after that. I have a bombshell to drop right after this game, but go on. Well, I, hmm. I think the Steelers, this in the old Mike Tomlin days, before this year when he's getting Coach of the Year consideration, this was the trap game they would always fall for. On the road against a bad team, they would lose these games constantly. Seemed like every year they would lose these games, and I wonder if they're sort of impervious to that this year because they've been doubted all year. There's no – I don't think they've had a full head all year, and they have different – they don't have Ben Roethlisberger, Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell. They're not supposed to be beating up on these bad teams to the point where they were just expected to, or as Sheck would say, it's supposed to game. Mm. And they're supposed to win this game because the Cardinals, we gave them credit for playing teams tough, but they got whitewashed last week. Mm. That was the game last year was the Raiders where they went in and got nipped by Oakland. I like the Pittsburgh obviously ended Cleveland season a week ago. And, you know, it was coming out of last Maybe. year to your point. Yes, they did. Hey, it's, it's over. It is, Even if they won four straight. Oh, we forked them. They are, it's yeah. done. They're it's done. <laughs> but, you know, the, the narrative around Pittsburgh last year was that Tomlin was overseeing a circus, that there was a lack of discipline and there were too many hotheads and there was infighting. Well, I, I feel like if you are signing up for the Mike Tomlin experience, where he's at right now and where he has this team mentally, their mental toughness, like – that game against Cleveland, they just willed themselves to win with a bunch of guys who wouldn't even be starting on other teams. That doesn't happen. Like it's it was an that was as embarrassing a game for Cleveland as there is because they were outcoached from head to toe after the mm. after the ten minute mark of the first quarter. It's one totally of the reasons I think Steelers fans love this team. I mean, I w- I couldn't have personally been more wrong about. this team and the Steelers fans because they were so confident this type of run would happen. But they've they've had such dominant teams that often fall short or like they're supposed to be great and fall short that as a fan experience, and even Mike Tomlin, you can hear it in his voice, they're loving this because this is like... This is like football. You know, I think it just reminds them it's a, it's a team game. And their defense, which we've been talking about all year, I mean, it, it's the, I don't think the Patriots' defense is any better than the Steelers. I don't really think the, 40, I think the 49ers are a little better than them both because they're just so talented. But the Steelers are in that conversation as the best in the entire league. Yeah, I think this is the ball hawkiness defense ever mm-hmm. since Minka Fitzpatrick got there. And you've got the reigning AFC Defensive Player of the Month, T.J. Watt, who should be getting – 
I think he's got to be in the defensive player of the year conversation. They've got so. a couple of guys in Who the is the defensive player of the year? That's There's the no I, obvious choice. I thought about it. Open. I think right now for me it would be Watt, Jordan, Stefan Gilmore, and um, – and Zadarius Smith, because I, I think I'm going to write Aaron about Donald? on Monday, so I started thinking about, you know, who would I put? Aaron Donald might be in that mix. Go, you know, we'll, we'll talk about Donald later. It's crazy. Like, we talk about the Bosa parents. At this point, their children are making so much money, you just sit back and you drink rosé every <laughs> night. Ching, 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 think rose. about the Watts. <laughs> I have two I sons. Mr. Bosa's drinking rosé. They got three. Well, I mean, don't forget about uh, old uh, Bobby Watt in, in Los Angeles. <laughs> it is easy to what forget about name? him sometimes. Sounds Derek, pretty forgotten. Derek. But Derek. It, is, it is like <laughs> ultra-historical to have two brothers win defensive Is he a part of, year. of like the Chris Gronkowski All-Stars? He's been in the NFL for three years. He's a fullback on the Chargers. I mean, that's a great accomplishment. I'm just saying he's out there. He's All making right. some special okay. team plays. <laughs> Mika Fitzpatrick, remember, again, another example. Good teams stay good. Bad teams stay bad. Hand-wringing about, oh, yeah. the Steelers traded a top five, top so ten pick. It's going to be like the 25th overall pick for a – all pro cornerback. It's so. a great feels like a good trade. It's yep. a it's a great matchup for your boy Duck too because the Cardinals give up passing yards more than anyone. So you know Duck Duck could be flying out there. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, that's that's this how you put game. a bow this on it. This was high on my list. So well done. Thank All right, you. Uh, Ricky. Before we move to round two and the snake, for sure. Uh, let's check in with the YouTubers. Yeah. Um. A bunch of people have asked Greg where you come down on Young Thug. Um. I, I'm not a huge, you know, I I like him, but I'm not a huge fan. A bunch of people ask that. Of it might have been the same guy a couple of times. Rap. Yeah, because he likes rap. Um, let's see what else. Oh, yeah, a lot I res- of people. I respect him, but I almost am too old for a young thug. You know, it's not okay. quite in my <laughs> wheelhouse. Middle-aged thug would be yeah. more your mm. <laughs> Um At least I didn't say flies like a duck or whatever like Greg just did. That was, that was oh, class. Try to put a bow on it. Right? Try to put a bow um, on it. But, Dan, a lot of people are wondering what you're going to do with your conditional you know, trade that you made with Mark last That's week. right. In mm. fact, he forgot until the, you just asked. That, <laughs> that, that game also went into overtime almost. You came close on, on came that. Came close to really too. cleaning up there. Uh, it's not conditional. The conditional was... If it went to overtime, right. I would get your first round pick, uh, which it did not, obviously. Uh, but a part of the trade terms is that we were swapping second round picks. So uh, <laughs> we are, I am moving ahead of you, which has huge ramifications potentially as For we you. in round two. Well, yeah. I mean, you could you could say eight other things are happening. You just drag me wherever you need to. I don't remember how this trade went down at all. You agreed all. to the deal. I uh, know I did. I'll yeah. do whatever you say. Yeah. Dan also someone yes. says you should tell Dan he's having just a so-so hair day. You know what? I noticed the same thing uh, <laughs> when I caught, caught a couple of glances in the monitor. And yeah. I will tell you that me, Jack, and Harry have an appointment with Brett uh, over at Jack Barbershop uh, in – Westchester. Wow. Oh, I've been there. Uh, on uh, Friday tomorrow, so that okay, will be rectified. Good. That that's how you grow like a great f- hair tradition, hair family. Like you go, <laughs> the three of you all go together to get the haircut. Yeah, that's that's how you keep the tradition going. Yeah, no, it's I'm instilling it in them that it's important to. Are they going to have your hair though, or Emily's parents' hair? Uh, but you, because they're you, both in good shape now. I you mean, and your dad five have and three. the same yeah. hair, so. You'd suggest we'll that, yeah. I can't, I can't speak to that. I hope they do. Let's check back in like 25 years. Will you love them just like a little less if they don't have your hair? I mean, who the the son that has the better hairline is going to, you know, probably get more of the inheritance. I would think. <laughs> uh, all right, Wes, it's snakes to you. Well, Round two. W- once again, this. <laughs> all right, so that, was, that of, was the copperhead. A snake cow. Yeah. Is that- 
Oh, I thought that was some kind of Star Wars beast from the bar scene. Mm. <laughs> We're not allowed to talk about that film. I mean, we got two Yodas now. Uh, how why we, is this possible? Why do we have two bother, Yodas? I've been dealing with one Yoda for 40 years. You have not been dealing with And now I have all. another Yoda that's all over my timeline. It's a baby Yoda you are showing not, up in you, memes. It's like... I'll give you I'll give you this. It's being a little a bit overplayed on Twitter, but the idea that the first Yoda was some sort of taxing deal for you. You've never even watched the film. I mean, I think was. you skated by. I have not skated. I've been, you know, living with this Star Wars thing all around me, burying me for three decades. Star Wars season. It is Star it's, Wars it, season. It, it's no longer it's Christmas season. It's an odd season. bit. It's no longer holiday season. It's Star Wars season. And it's nothing personal toward you, Mark. You're I, a Star Wars fan. There's billions of I'm one of, of the you. biggest critics of the many missteps the franchise has made. But the fact that it bothers you so much is it does. Uh, it's curious to me. It is curious. I understand that. It's just one of those things. As somebody that likes to be plugged into pop culture, if I'm going on websites and I'm following different people on Twitter, and that's all that keeps coming at me. I mean, you have a movie that's coming out, right? Correct. The final well, Skywalker or whatever. <laughs> And then you have the uh, Netflix or the Disney Plus show. That just seems a lot. I mean, it, 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 here's the thing. Studios are looking to make money, apparently, and that's, what this, that's what's happening here. They're looking to make that coin, and they are. And, oh, they're making coin. Well, how about make a good movie? I'd like to see that happen first. I, I, again, I'll be critical. Are you optimistic about the no. final Skywalker? No. The rise of Skywalker? What is it? No. Rise of Skywalker? The rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Not even vaguely. Is he going to have his hand in this one? He lost the hand that one. He is not even adventure. alive at this point. He's a. It's not. <laughs> See, there's not I referring mean, to him. This is like your relationship with the Browns at this point. You like put so much into it, and then you're these just things that begin mad in childhood, them. mad you know, at them. In, yeah. The adult version is often there's uh, disenchantment, disillusionment. All right, we're falling behind pace here. Let's go. <laughs> another another draft pick that may invite derision, but it checks a lot of my boxes. Midwest grass field, one of my favorite teams. Buffalo is taken already. The Washington Redskins oh. at the Green Bay Packers. Ooh. And the Redskins, okay. I thought last week, finally an encouraging game for what's left of their fan base as far as maybe get, can get an offensive nucleus. Darius Geis looked fantastic um, as a power runner. Terry McLaurin making big plays again. And Gary, there was Gary. three straight tight window lasers in a two-minute drill from Dwayne Haskins where they finally – you got the sense, hey – if you wanted to say this guy landed in the wrong place because all he does is sit back in eye formation and hand the ball to Adrian Peterson or Darius Guy, sure. But you put him in that spread attack in a two-minute drill, up-tempo, he looks like a totally different, mm, confident quarterback. And I want to see more of that. For the first time all year, I thought maybe the Redskins are playing their best quarterback because the difference in arm strength between Dwayne Haskins and Kyle Allen in that game was stark. He's got a great arm. I think he's had about three plays every week that, you know, sometimes you make too much out of these plays, but when you're a fan of a team, if, if you are a Washington fan, you see those three plays, you get excited. But then you also think that he's going to be in a totally different offense next year, and you, you don't know what he's going to look like. I still think this could be a tricky game for Green Bay because they, they're bad against the run, and this is the team you, you do not want to face when you're bad against the run. We said the same thing about Carolina a week ago, and you know Callahan. I mean, if uh, if Brian Flores is getting love at three and nine for coach of the year, how about Callahan? <laughs> no, three, stop. Three no. And, he's three what, and four. Why don't we just give every coach in the league? I'm joking. I don't really believe that. But he took over an zero and five team. I would have not have guessed that they would have three wins at this point, and that that I actually believe 
let's say, that they keep this game interesting. I could just see it being close, kind of like Giants-Packers I was into also, the fourth quarter. But I then could the also Packers see are. Haskins fumbling three times and throwing four interceptions in this game. I mean, that's on the table. I, I was stunned this week. Barnwell, uh, you know, to give him another shout-out, he wrote that the NFC East out-of-division record is the second worst in NFL history. Whoa. So this is one of the worst divisions in NFL history. The NFC East right now. Damn, the so Jets I, have won three or four. And the, I mean, the, and the Redskins are, are carrying the load. They've won a couple games out of division the last couple weeks. Bad sign. <laughs> no bueno. Uh, any other thoughts? I like this game from Mike Pettin. Taskins, for his you know, upside, has been sacked 18 times in his first four starts. And if you want a little late season, Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith, this might be the right setting and the right game for that to happen. I'm, not, I'm still not sure what this, if this Packers team is good. They remind me a little bit of the Patriots, where I, I'm not sure what we have with the Patriots or the Packers yet. Bob McGinnon pointing out they're just the healthiest team in the year, and they have good turnover margin. But they're not you, – you look at them, and you, you, I don't put them with the best well, teams. They're inconsistent on offense. They – you can't ever bank on either the running game or the passing game guaranteed to work that week. And on defense, they don't stop the run, and they they have vulnerabilities in their secondary too. So what are they? Your the wood boy, is Jimmy. out. The wood is out in this game, by the way, 12 and a half. That's what I'm saying. I don't – I don't. Yeah. whatever that means, uh, you know, I'm going, <laughs> with, I'm going with the fighting Callahans. All Wait, right. what? Dr. Rainmaker has spoken. Well, just, oh, just oh, that. in that realm. Just that, uh, in that know, world. It's a running game, and who knows. Huh. Okay, not outright. Okay. Packers lose this. There's going to be a total No, uprising. just to keep it close. All right, Greg, you're up. I am up. And I'm going to take uh, Deshaun Watson facing off against Drew Locke and the Broncos. I need an early game, mm-hmm. and the Texans are the best team left on the board that's playing early. I don't think this is going to be competitive, though, which – you know, it takes a little shine off it because I don't think Drew Locke, just based on that first game, is ready to be part of a team that wins against a good team on the road. He had a a 32-yard throw to end the first half that was pointless. I don't know why they didn't throw a Hail Mary uh, with his big arm, but he just picked up 32 yards. In his other 27 passes, they gained 100 oh, yeah. yards, 102 yards. 3.1 yards per attempt. You know, they just started blitzing him. Gus Bradley did like crazy. And every time they blitzed, he just either ran or dumped it off for about three yards. And he just, it just doesn't seem like he's ready to go play a good Texan. I mean, first ever NFL game. And he, I get know, it. I'm partly basing it on. Take it easy, Greg. Yeah, he, he struggled in training camp. His coaching staff didn't seem in love with him. He struggled in the preseason. And it's just a lot to ask. You know what he could use is like a beard. I don't know if he can grow one. We were talking about this last. This week. is a continuation of. Does what? he have? Does he have the look? Was he a guy that you could? You think I should talk to him? Just say how how big it's been for me and in my life. Send him the oil. Just send it. So. And not even. Can he just grow like, one? Take some of your stationery you have with your logo on top, <laughs> and then just uh, say good luck, kid, and then just have the the bottle of the. What would oil. my logo be? Just like three three G's. Yeah, I can imagine it. That's good. Does anybody here? Somebody on Twitter is now going to make your logo. Does anybody here trust the Texans' defense the rest of the season? Not just in a game where they're facing a rookie quarterback, but do you trust this? When you talk about where the Texans are in relation to the Chiefs and Ravens, do you trust this defense? No, but they've been a pleasant surprise since JJ Watt's been out. They're twenty seventh and weighted DVOA. They traded for for Hargraves and Conley, gave them a little bit of depth, and they they've made it work. 
more than I would have expected. They've actually been better without J.J. Watt, which small sample size. But for what, you know, just in terms of the total defense, they've had better games without him, which is bizarre. How about this, Wes? The Ravens would give them a lot of trouble, but Ravens they would give did. everybody a lot of trouble. Right. Uh, but if you look at the rest of the AFC playoff picture, Patriots, we saw they could throttle them. Um, the Steelers, eh? the Bills. Chiefs. The Chiefs. Can they stop the Chiefs in a big game? If the Chiefs I think they could. play up to their potential, they probably cannot. I think they're kind of a matchup team with in a perfect world with Romeo Cornell that you get J.J. Watt back for the playoffs, which is something we haven't mentioned on this show. But Ian Rappaport said that he's trending that way, which but is shocking. But what version of J.J. Watt right. are you getting right. after that injury? We'll see. They beat the Chiefs 31-24. I just... You know, this week you're you're counting on Skangs, old rich Skangarello, to provide <laughs> like a schematic advantage Papa for his Skango. young quarterback, and they haven't shown that they're able to do that. All right, uh, here we go. The trade was made. I move up one spot, and that works out for me because Titans at Raiders is my pick. Ouch. Yeah, I, I thought you were gonna you were gonna take that, right? I assume. Um, I will grab it. I needed a late game, and that is a. B-plus game in my mind, and in my mind, I believe that the Raiders outscored, what is it, 74-12 to 12 the last two weeks, are an easy team to disregard, and conversely, the Titans are a team mm. that would be impossible to disregard based on how they've been playing over the last several weeks, um, and yet, why do I have a weird feeling that the Raiders are going to... Mm. Do something here. They, I don't know. They're and better it, at home. They've it, been good at it's home. It's just it's nothing really more than a hunch because how could you look at anything the Raiders did the last two weeks uh, and, and get excited about them? But I will say this: it, Tennessee, it's traveling across the country. They've they've been playing well this season uh, of of the last month. But you know, do I think they're they're now a superpower? I don't know. I don't know if I can go that far. And the Raiders, yes, we've talked about it all season. They are they are a rock. Um, in terms of their home play, their ability to hang with teams, to just play at a different level. And for that reason, I think everyone's going to be picking the Titans in this game and writing off the Raiders, and I get that. But I don't necessarily see that way. I see this as a close game. Wes, I imagine you disagree heartily. No, I think the Raiders have been – they've been Jekyll and Hyde, and they've been the good team at home. Like, what are they, 5-1 and one at home and 1-5 and five on the road or something? They've been terrible right. on the road. But I don't think you can overlook them at home, and the Titans aren't that good where you say they're going to roll in there and just dominate the, the Raiders. I think mm. these are two pretty close teams. The Titans are better on a neutral field, but I, it wouldn't shock me if the Raiders win this game, certainly not. I think Tennessee is obviously transformed with Ryan Tannehill. They are averaging just a tick under 30 points per game with Tannehill during his 5-1 and one run with the Titans, which is bested by only one team, the Ravens. And I always thought that this was a defensive-oriented team, and that was their strength. But Derrick Henry makes anything possible. And, I, you know, you can get to Tannehill. He was sacked six times last week. But can, the, line is can so the Raiders, bad. though? Maybe. The Raiders right. had some good moments with Clellan Farrell and, and, and MAXX. I like him. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a tough matchup. I do think you can kind of disregard the Raiders and expect them to, to lose. It's a I mean, nap game. The, the point differential here like between these two teams is like 130 on the year. The Titans are playing well. And I think the way to beat the Titans is throw the ball on them. 
you know, you, it's been very tough to beat the Titans running this year. They're one of the best run defenses in the league. And so you would think they'll be able to slow down Josh Jacobs. And Josh Jacobs, kind of all the Raiders have. Derek Carr, he, he's just not finding open receivers because after Hunter Renfro got hurt, I actually think that that was a big factor. You know, you look at the. I know. The what a turn. Well, just you don't have anyone. You have Tyrell Williams, and that's it. You're, 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 oh, you oh, oh, you trade for Zay Jones, one of the biggest wide receiver busts play, of the last few years, and you're playing him 60 snaps a game with no production. You got no one to throw to other than Waller. Derek Carrier's garbage time touchdown last week was the first for the Raiders in 147 plays. That's two games worth right. of action. They had a seven-minute field goal drive down 34 nothing. That that was the moment I was like. This team, I don't want to watch them anymore. All right, I and, take back what I said. The Titans should be expected to come in and throttle the Raiders. Well, and I don't like that Josh, you find out that Josh Jacobs has been playing with a fractured shoulder. What a bad, I mean, seven. Which, he's, yes, he's tough, hey. but you're mentioning, like, the, the you know, the, in general, if you're a shoulder injury with a running back, that's about the worst kind of injury. Are that out the have. window? They've had some close games, but Tannehill's Titans are five and one. The Titans, things can change in a hurry, though. Real quick, they have the toughest schedule in the league on strength of schedule after this week. After the Raiders, they're home at Houston, home Saints at Houston. So you got to win this. You got to win this game. And the Raiders, it, it it goes without saying that it, this is a dirt nap game for them because even if if they lost this game, even if they won out, the the Titans who are going to go nine and seven, we know that uh, they would have the tiebreaker at nine and seven. So it's almost <laughs> it's almost a double dirt well, they're, nap. They're not the Mariota Titans anymore. They could. I know. I get that. They could do a ten and six. They could do it. It's going to take they ten, I think, the way things are looking. But you know what, I. <sighs> I just feel it. It's in my bones. I'm locking up the Raiders. Wow. The silver and black. Wow. I, it is not a small thing that it is their second to last home game ever in Oakland. And I'm That's, locking it up for you, Mark, because I want you to go to Oakland with a lot on the line. It would have meaning. For when, your when big, is, uh, uh, long form. That's what you're, you're, you said you were having um, writer's block for. Right. No this, guarantee it gets You're writing about the Raiders' no final season or final games in Oakland? Yes, but it, there's a two-part thing. The first is a multi-voiced, like, X-Raiders type look back at the team and the experience with Oakland. I That's love part. it. So, no, I think I, I would love the for that game, last game in Oakland to have meaning. That's not too much to ask. It's a special relationship. I, I, lo- I feel like if you, had to, if, you were, if you had to choose one team to tell the entire story of the NFL, it would be the Oakland Raiders. No like, doubt. To me, they are, they are kind of, the Packers would be the other one that comes to mind. But the, to me, they've just encompassed yes. so much. And I, I don't know. I love the idea. The more you dig in, it's like it, it becomes a relationship. It's pretty, pretty in-depth. I had a bunch of weird dreams last night. Whenever I fall asleep on my couch in my living room, which I try not to do, but it happens sometimes, I have weird dreams. <laughs> one dream, the one that caused me to get up at a, off the couch and go to bed, um, was my friend Bob and I were driving down a Los Angeles freeway and he's like, oh, you're getting on to the 110. And I said, yeah, yeah. And then I lost my bearings. And then last thing I heard was Poosh, underwater. <laughs> and then I shot up out of the couch. Nightmare. I mean, you know, we've but, been told by NFL people that you're not supposed to talk about dreams, including that other is people, true. So the other one. Yeah. And this is really weird, Mark. Um, OK, I was in the newsroom. Now I'm, I'm, sl- I'm slumbering in my bed. I'm next to my wife. Everything's fine. The dream is. You turn in, you turned in the copy to this long form. I am not making this up. And Ali was like, "Man, that was really good, dude. That was really good. That was the whole dream. It was whatever it was. It was yeah. like a snippet of a dream. Much more pleasant than the than the underwater one. Well, yeah. I mean, 
I had a this offset. Not to put more pressure on you, but no, that, no, that happened in my dream. That is encouraging. Maybe I it's had, been foretold. I had a bizarre dream where you woke up and like you cannot of a of a, a yellow snake climbing up my arm and licking my arm. But it was a nice snake. But it was still very odd. So this is a much more positive dream. Why am I telling you that that happened to me? <laughs> and then you woke up and Simone was licking your arm. Not oh, true. Yes. Not true. And probably not how she wants was to be that, mentioned in this show. Oh yes. <laughs> not the case. <laughs> How are we doing on pace here? Let's go. Oh, I'm up, right? Any more more thoughts? I locked up the Raiders. Mark, you're picking in my spot. Well, I'm looking at these late games. I really have only one option here, and I do not want to go deal with the Chargers again, and that was what I was hoping to avoid. Mm -hmm. They tested my patience last week uh, with the way that they coached that entire game. It's hard to watch Phillip Rivers slowly dissemble into a non-quarterback Drive by drive. But the upside here is you do get Gardner Minshew, which I'm excited about. What I don't like, though, is that, you know, it's going to be, and there is some Gardner Minshew backlash at times in this room. He's in a terrible environment right now to succeed. I just don't like anything that the Jaguars are doing. They can't run the ball. They can't stop the run, obviously. Their defense is a hot mess. Greg, I think you mentioned them as the 32nd best team in football right now. Best is the word. I, I think you're right about that with the way they played over the last month. So this is one of those games. Which terrible 4-8 and eight team is going to work its way out of what has been a terrible past few months? I mean, the Chargers, that co- both coaching staffs could be gone after this season, number one. Mm. I would say that's an automatic for Doug Marone and maybe even higher up with the GM and Tom Coughlin. For the Chargers, what's your argument? All their losses, all eight losses have come by one score. So you're not getting blown out, but you're not finding a way to win those games either. And that's very Chargers-esque, but they've not solved any of those issues. They've only become more magnetized. So sick of magnified. hearing that, too. I Listen, I'm not going to put it on Rivers or anything, but I feel like this has been going on forever and ever and well, ever. Last year was the opposite, which slipped under the radar. They were almost unbeaten in one-score games, and they went 12-4. and four. And I thought had one of the best but, coach playoff wins against the Ravens too. And so that's what you're, you know, if you're Anthony Lynn, you're you're pointing to last year, and you're pointing that they haven't had their whole team together for much of the year. They are healthier than they've been all year. They have both their starting safeties, both their starting tackles. So they sh- they should win this game. All right. This didn't really register with me last week, but I think we'd be talking about a, a quarterback benching, if not for Devontae Booker's roughing the punter penalty. That saved Rivers from going Ooh. three and out. You're so right. You're right. They were minutes so. away from I think that you're happening. Right. That I mean, it saved him. And if you watch that game, and this goes back a few weeks now, it's it's a little troublesome that almost all the Chargers' big plays are just Rivers finding wide open receivers. That's the only time they really move the ball is when the receivers get wide open. I don't know what that says about his arm strength these days. Mm. All right, let us move on. I now pick again. And I will. That's a snake. Not a traditional snake either because Mark was in between. But that's all right. That's cool. I mean, you, you've orchestrated this scenario. It was so. either that or lick Mark's arm. So <laughs> this one. Uh, yeah, I'll grab Dolphins Jets. Good job. Um, just me being selfless. And this is this is the sign of two <laughs> okay. things. Okay. Two sign of two things. Uh, one that it's another lost season for the Jets and the Dolphins, and two that we're winding down the season when Jeff Greenholtz, who who runs the NFL media research uh, group, and they do a great job. When every um, entry on the pages here it is. By the way, if you're watching on YouTube, this is just great stuff week after week. Um, 
they have a storyline section on the first page, and usually there's three storylines. Uh, the Greenholtz gang, one storyline. <laughs> Battle of AFC East teams looking to end 2019 on a positive note. Well, it's ultimately like they're, <laughs> they're ultimately making this for people that are on television. Right. And they know no one is talking about this game. On Not time. a lot of airtime. Right. So I won't give it a lot of airtime either here, um, other than uh, to tell you that since week nine, both these teams have won three, and three of five. Uh, hmm. But most people aren't looking at these teams the same way because the nature of the Jets loss last week against Cincinnati, which I don't know if I mentioned it on Sunday, but they didn't reach the red zone against an 0-11 team. Adam Gase has found ways, even, reach the, even with them playing better, to... When it goes bad, it it goes really bad. And yet I think they'll win because for all the progress the Dolphins have made on offense in the passing game, there's been no progress with their defense. They're probably they, they would still be my choice as the worst defense in the league. So it's a it's a, it should be an afternoon for Sammy D to get right. I hope so. No Jamal Adams more most likely also. So um you would think Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's been fun to watch this year, as he usually is, uh, will do some damage. I see this game. It's at the Meadowlands. The Dolphins already have a win over the Jets. I think the Jets can win this game, but it's... I say one thing. We talk about a lot of revenge games, and to me, it's like, oh, a team uh, you know, parted ways with you after you made millions of dollars. I don't view that as necessarily the construct of human revenge in most cases. But Devontae Parker is a little bit different because the Adam Gase Devontae Parker relationship was about as bad as it gets. He was trade bait. No one wanted him. You know, there's all these things going on. And he's played really well of late. And so this is one that I do buy into as a revenge factor. Ooh. Fitzpatrick said he thinks he's playing better now than he's ever been. His confidence is at an all time high. And it's odd that it's when he's surrounded by the worst talent of his career. It's also, I don't want to see anybody copy what the Dolphins front office did, but I do want to see teams that are out of it and have no chance to start to copy how their coaching staff is and how their quarterback is on third and long, throwing it 50 yards downfield, not worrying about interceptions, on all fourth downs, pulling out all the stops and going for it and throwing deep and seeing what happens. What do you have to lose? It's an entertaining brand of football. I, I kind of like watching the Dolphins at this point when they have nothing to lose. Well, the, they they couldn't run for 25 yards against the right. four of us. I think but Fitzpatrick, they're, so they're leaning into it. He's right. I'm sh- I just went to check out uh, NFL.com's QB index. To me, Fitzpatrick should be in the top 15 this year. Whoa. I, I think he's playing outstanding. Is that a nice year? Is it a he's, he's past 24th. His, his, his counting numbers aren't great, which I imagine is playing into why he's not high, but he keeps them in every game. And you know, I, I thought- know it sounds crazy, but it's like Josh Allen's 13 and Derek Carr's 14. To me, Ryan Fitzpatrick has outplayed those two guys this year. And when he plays like he did um, on Sunday – you know, not making mistakes. It, it did remind me of that Fitz Magic season in 2015. When he gets hot, he's just such a fun guy to watch, and he's or, got the moxie. And or last year, the first month with the Buccaneers, yep. and even with this Dolphins team, there's bound to be a regression to the mean when you're throwing caution to the wind every time you drop back. Is Devontae Parker, before we move on, is he unique in recent NFL history? He's a first-round pick that broke out in his fifth year. Yeah. Is it a breakout? I mean, yeah. Well, I, I thought was he going to be twelve hundred yards, he something is. like that. He is, but it's also like if you could, if you're a wide receiver and you draw up a contract here, you want Ryan Fitzpatrick or Jameis Winston throwing you the ball because it doesn't matter if you're covered or not. They're just throwing it deep and allowing you to make a play. So it's sort of outside normal football, and it's allowing you to pull. But it is a showcase of your skills. Absolutely, as well, to be able to he, do he's that. got great catch skills at the point of the catch. 
I wonder if his route running is up to par. So I think he might be a free agent bust if well, someone gives he, him a uh, contract the, expecting the, him to be a The guy. Dolphins smartly signed him to – he already was a free agent. They signed him to a very cheap two-year contract, so he will not be a free agent. He'll be on that team oh, wow. at a very low price of uh, like $6 million for a productive player. For the record, he's projected right now 71, 1,108 touchdowns. Um, all right, let's move on. Mark. All right, well, I'm going to take Bengals at Browns, uh, obviously. And uh, this, to me, if the Browns were still alive, selfless, it is a selfless move, much to mirroring yours. Yes. You know, uh, it's this would be trap game material if the Browns actually were involved in something that a trap would trap them at this point. Because I could tell, I, number one, I'm, I guarantee Bengals trap. I guarantee the Browns and Bengals will split this season. So either it's, they're going to lose to Cincinnati this time or in Week 17. Can you imagine the atmosphere in Cleveland and the heat around Freddie Kitchens if the Browns were to lose this game to Cincinnati? I know it, ha- it, it helps that they aren't winless after beating the Jets, but I could totally see it. The one, the one thing, though, if you're the, what, the good, for all the negativity around the Browns, the same things have been good kind of week after week over the past month, and it's been tumultuous, but Nick Chubb, Jarvis Landry is having an absolutely insane season. He made a toe-tapping catch last week that it's up there with the best catches you'll see all season. And for all the, you know, for Odell Beckham has totally vanished, Jarvis Landry has not. And I, I, I do believe that they can score points and put Cincinnati in a bad place here. But you don't see any continuity with their offense from one quarter to the next. They went completely to sleep against Pittsburgh. And I could see it happening again. The Bengals' defense has not been a has not been a problem the past few weeks. No, their defensive line is playing really well. Dunlap, I think, got player of the week. Geno Atkins is playing fine, and Sam Hubbard's playing really well. I The way Dalton played last week, where he feels he's no longer the culprit there like he was early in the season. Nobody's pointing the finger at him. Everybody knows they're playing their best quarterback now. Uh, I just The way the Bengals have operated over the past 25, 30 years, it would not surprise me if they go back in on Andy Dalton next year and draft Chase Young. It just would not surprise me to see Andy Dalton under center for this team mm, next year. Yeah. I uh I think it's a tough spot. I the, the new the new Red Rifle, Red Rifle 2.0 playing free, playing aggressive. Their defense is playing better. I picked uh the, the Bengals to win this game. And uh, I just don't think it'd be that I don't think it'd be that shocking. If uh, It's shocking to me. Uh I don't think you want to play the Bengals right now. The I think Nick Chubb could have a huge game here. You know, they the Jets, they did a terrible job last week with, I think they had seven carries in the first half, and then the game got ahead of hand. Well, that's why Le'Veon Bell was rightfully annoyed, I think, by the way he was used. Right, but running up the middle, the, the Bengals are not that bad, uh, but running, if you can get around the edge on them, they aver- teams are averaging over seven yards a carry when they run to the outside. I would imagine, mm. I mean, I don't trust this Cleveland coaching staff um, at all, but so, that's a good. But that's a pretty. That seems like a no-brainer that they're going to pound the rock, and especially with Baker Mayfield banged up. I mean, I think the Browns win, but who knows? What I mean, up. Joe Mixon's playing pretty great. Throwing this out there, I don't really trust the Bengals' coaching staff either. You're not running into a Sean Payton-esque scenario here, but <laughs> I it's mean, just like, personnel. You know, I, I don't either, but it shocked me what huge favorites the Bengals, the the Browns are in this game, like monster, and and I just checked. Uh, you know, with, with Erica and Dr. Rainmaker might not be on the board, but Dr. Rainmaker isn't about, you know, the sound effects or anything. I'm just feeling the flow right now. I uh, haven't felt like anything like this yes. all year. I think the Bengals are going to do it. Yes. Bring it. 
I want the drop, it. though. We need the drop. We don't need the drop. It, you know, it got too Hollywood. Pop. It got too Hollywood, and now we're bringing it back mm. to, to Hollywood. Its, uh, Rainmaker, original, back to the basics. Original basics. Which, by the way, means that Unplugged. the Browns will cover with ease based exactly. on history. Exactly. <laughs> now I'm feeling good about this Browns game. <laughs> um, all right. Let us move on. Picking next is Greg. I will take uh, the Panthers-Falcons in the early window. Knock that game out. Uh, two teams not going anywhere. An embarrassment for these two teams that they're not even in the NFC South race in a season that Teddy Bridgewater started five games for the Saints. They should be ashamed of themselves. And I guess people are losing their jobs, so I shouldn't uh, bury them too hard. They're getting <laughs> Too late. You did it. They're getting punished. Falcons are a little healthier. Austin Hooper and Julio Jones looks like they will both be back for this game, which is pretty significant. Has anyone ever been more of a slam dunk to get fired and immediately rehired than Ron Rivera? I I do not remember a head coach, and this is a credit to the man, I don't remember a head coach that's ever had this much praise uh, thrown upon him after being fired as Ron Rivera, uh, and it just tells you um, how well-respected he is as a man inside and outside that building, and given his track record, the fact that he's – uh, his two Coach of the Year awards, the fact that the Panthers have been consistently competitive for the most part in his nine years, the fact that he went to a Super Bowl, he's a slam dunk hire for a team uh, come January. I mean, maybe Jimmy Johnson, but you got to go back. There's These cases are few and far between. I'm totally with you. I think teams are already looking at their embattled coaches thinking, what do we need to do to make sure we're in this conversation for Ron Rivera right now versus clinging to mm. our fading away coaching staff? I, I, I am with that, and I feel like I've always been really pro-Ron Rivera, but it at least should be pointed out. He coached nine seasons, and they had a winning record in three of them. I mean, they, the Panthers fans, I feel like, feel a little differently about Is that Ron. true? That, that is, seems... That is a factual... That's really surprising. That is me. a factual statement. He won Coach of the Year in two of them. He won a division with a losing record once. They had some eight and eights. That's but one yeah. way of painting it. Do they win way out? of painting it is he had the 10th best record in the league during the time he was in Carolina. Right, 10th so best. Why do you third. hate Ron Rivera, Greg? He was 10th best. Third coach. I think Exactly. I think that's exactly where he is, like the 10th best and in, in, in worth That's hiring. pretty good. It, You'll it, take it, that. A lot it, of owners would sign up for abs- that experience. Absolutely. But they weren't like a consistent winner. Like, let you know, let's compare him to guys like Andy Reid or Sean Payton who have won less coaches of the year. It's like it's it's not at that level. Well, that's to all. your theory, he's a defensive coach, and that is less reliable from year to year. Should be said he also took over a two and fourteen. Team Absolutely, the rookie quarterback, uh, six and ten, seven and nine, twelve and four, seven eight and one, fifteen and one, six and ten, eleven and five, seven and nine. Well, he didn't start winning until he had that epiphany. So you got to give him a few years that's there true. before he started, you know, becoming Riverboat. Uh, he also, yeah, he had four playoff appearances in five years. Nice. Uh, in Carolina, which was, I believe, they have four in their previous 16 years combined. Um, okay, anything else on that, Greg? No. Let uh, us. Kyle Allen seeing ghosts, hearing footsteps, fleeing the pocket too early. It was the first time all year where I thought maybe they ought to give Will Greer a look. That's all I have to say hmm. about that. Maybe they will. Week 17, something like that. All right, Wes, you're up. Uh, we're going to take Colts at Buccaneers. I love these Buccaneers right now. I feel like it's a great pickup for you, Wes, this late in the draft. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm loving my draft so far. <laughs> Not bad for the mid-round. Oh, yes. <laughs> I said a month ago I'm all in on the Buccaneers, and they have been one of the best teams in football over that stretch. They are, I believe, 3-1 and one in that stretch. The defense is just coming alive. Devin White just got named uh, NFC Rookie of the Month, and – 
he's a guy who I, I think he's going to over-pursue at times. He's going to miss some plays, but he's also playing with an aggressiveness and a confidence and a speed where he's running through ball carriers. He's getting to the ball. Uh, he's getting to open spaces where the ball is and letting his instinct shine through. He's He looks like an old-school middle linebacker to me where he's just sideline to sideline running through people. And I love watching him play. JPP playing with his hair on fire. Shaq Barrett. Yeah. Let's this? not. Let's use a different. <laughs> okay, that's fair. It's better than his hand on fire. It's good. <laughs> all right, that's all right. That's all I have to say about the Bucks. They're He's playing really well right now. Their front seven is ferocious right now. He yeah. sideswiped him. That was like a Shaq Barrett sack right there. That was. This I, is your classic berserker team. When we talk about the definition of a relatively, you know, it's annoying that their record is what it is because if they had been playing this way the entire year, you could flip-flop that record potentially. Remember the team we saw in London? I mean, that's part of the problem. They're just so inconsistent. And I, I want to throw out one thing here. Yes, it makes a lot of sense uh, that the Bucks are a berserker team in this spot and they would put the Colts to sleep. But this is a late-season cornered animal game uh, mm. for the Colts who, you know, need to win this game to stay in the mix, basically. Do you trust... Jameis Winston against a cornered animal team? I don't know if I do that. I don't know. I could see him. I never totally tried. Cornered, that corner animal's playing with two broken legs and a sore hip. Yeah, they're it's, too banged it's, up. It's beat up. They might get Marlon Mack back this week. I, I can't tell when I watch this Bucks team whether I think Bruce Arians and Bowles have done a good job. Coach of the year. For developing. They clearly have some talent, and they're letting that talent come to the fore. Or if they've not done a good job because they're 5-7. and seven. <laughs> you know, they probably should be better with all this, all these good players. I totally agree with you. And I, the Colts, to me, though, just I feel like we're waving. There are this ship on the water getting farther and farther into the distance. I've Very valiant coaching effort by Frank Reich and the whole situation they were put in. But this does not feel like a playoff team to me the right Bucks now. The Bucs have been very good coming out of the bye. Their season basically ended when they lost right at the buzzer against the Titans and the Seahawks in a row. In games, they played pretty well, and they've kept playing well. By the that was it. By the way, no Adam Vinatieri. Like we, we oh, yeah. they signed Chase McLaughlin. I wonder if we see Adam Wait, V again. I, it's, he's doubtful. It, it's doubtful. I mean, things could change. The oh. They claimed McLaughlin, and the Bills and Patriots also put him. They blocked us from. They they McLaughlin they us. They <laughs> <laughs> blocked us. I don't know. McLaughlin. Not a bad kicker. Uh, you know, Kai or Chase. I'm going with Kai. I'm bringing him in the building. But you know, that's just me. Wait, we're taping this Thursday. Give Kai a chance. We're taping this Thursday afternoon. I like how this this bit turned in from you thinking Kai's not that great of a guy to you being his biggest champion. He needs it for the bit. He needs to keep this going. (laughs) Seahawks corner bit is ending soon. We'll get to that in a a moment. Uh, We... uh, it's Thursday afternoon. It's it's past 4 o'clock on the East Coast. I mean, the sun's going down in Foxborough. It's thir- the Patriots still don't have a kicker on their team. I know Belichick. It would be very Belichick, <laughs> Belichickian to like enter an entire game without a kicker. Just be like, oh, we're just doing things differently. But, this feels you know, like you going on the website a- in August and being like, there's only seven coaches. What are we going to do? <laughs> They'll probably sign a kicker. Why but did then, I lock up a on? team with no kicker? Yeah, at some point. I'm going to rethink that. <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> Maybe not against the Chiefs. That strategy. Um, well, they in fact, just, I see my lock. Yeah, sides. I'm changing my lock, and it's coming up soon. Okay. <laughs> wow. Oh, stay with the page. No, I know. Of course, you want me to. Don't just have a because kicker. of the kicker. Don't listen. They're to the guy uh, kicker 
like, I kind of have one as now. The show's been get going on. You're in first I, place. You're the champion. Don't listen to the guy. No, in last I, place. I'm more thinking. <laughs> never, that this, he's never won anything. I to keep the Patriots. I just lock. think that the Chiefs are. I don't like that situation. All right, because I'm rethinking it. Okay. Wes, this game. I liked it because when you know, it, of course you. Uh, if it. I could have bet the house on this, Tom Brenneman and Chris Spielman will be assigned to Detroit Lions at Minnesota Vikings. Do you want to farm this out to see if we want? Let's get shook maybe a on little this Burgo game. shook. Yeah. yeah, all right. Look, I don't want to watch the Lions right now. I I think that David Blau is the biggest fool's gold in the NFL. He's like a frenetic Bark. little gerbil who has to load up to get all rid right. of the ball, Uh-oh. and he's throwing in the huge windows last week. Uh-oh. I just I don't know. I mean, no one's painting him out to oh. be. People paint. Yeah, absolutely. Well, what about the Blauhards? The Blauhards are. The Blauhards are just having All some day fun. Twitter was going wild like David Blau was some you kind know of what? Mark, who, Greg, who you need know, to speak for the Blauhards? The Blauhards, here's what happened. That could have been one of the worst Thanksgiving matchups ever. Right. He made it fun. And, you know, Kenny Galladay had, what, 138 yards and a touchdown at half. And it was because Blau wasn't just doing little Jason Campbell-ish, you know, Blauhards. check downs the whole time. He took some shots. Mentally, so I kind of like that. He, he played a good Head up game. He he knew when to take some I'll chances. Give you all made that. no mistakes. So if you can do that again, I mean, you're He's right. By the to way, get destroyed in Minnesota. You got the Blauhards. Oh, it's not gonna be good. The Blauhard newsletter will be in process. In in the editions will be rolling out until 2046. I don't care. It doesn't matter what wow. else on the field. I mean, what a what a. Uh, you know, combination though. You got the Blauhards being covered by Thom. You're right. It's it's Thom and Spielman. I mean, oh, Thom's yeah. a Blauhard if I ever heard one. Absolutely. Oh no. <laughs> Touche. And Wes, I gotta say it. Kirk Cousins has never defeated David Blau. I gotta right. say it. Yep. That's Kirk Cousins facts. I gotta say it. <laughs> Vikings, I think, should be a little worried. I know it's only been a couple weeks, but their defense has not looked good. They struggled. They were lucky to win that game against the Broncos. Then they had their bye, and then they came out, and the defense looked pretty bad on Monday night. I don't know about the Vikings. They have an Xavier Rhodes issue. I thought it was interesting that the Athletic noted when he slammed his helmet down in that last game that he had shouted words at Mike Zimmer. So, you know, Zimmer's actually stood up for him over the course of this year and when a lot of people have called for his benching. Would you sit Dalvin Cook in this game or at least – Consider it. I would get look, him healthy. I would look at a guy like James Conner as an example why you would consider it. Who, by the way, was just announced out this week as we were taping this podcast. For James that exact Conner. reason. Dalvin Cook, on the other hand, says he is going to play. Conner, Conner said about a month ago, oh, I'm playing the week after my shoulder injury. He re-injured it immediately, and he hasn't been on the field since. I'd be concerned, especially the, the Vikings Should win this game. barring a free fall. They're probably not going to get one of the top two seeds, but but they could probably get the wild card if they get to 10 or 11 wins. I'd be a little bit careful with Cook. If you can steal a win without him, I'd, this would be it, right? I'd trust whatever the medical people tell the coaching staff. It's goddamn right. You've heard you before. <laughs> trust the James Connors medical staff. Poor yeah. guy. Poor guy. Adam Thielen? I don't think he's going to play him He got cleared. Time. He, he doesn't got even cleared. 400 yards this year. That wasn't the you're, – you're twisting. No, I'm not yeah. twisting it. He didn't practice. He had a bad Thursday. hamstring. No, no, no. That I know. He tried to you're get back in the You're twisting my original argument, which was just <laughs> saying that, like, you know that they should sit out the bye week. That was a no. It's just one of those things to consider, even if the medical staff's like, eh, yeah, he'll be all right, I think. Maybe say, let's wait until it's like, I think he'll be all right. They There's need, a difference. They need him. They're a lot more limited – 
The Lions have been frisky. I don't think they'll be frisky what? in this one. But the Lions have kept the games close. They they were down to the wire against the Cowboys, down to the wire against the Bears. It's not like you, with the backup quarterbacks, they've been a total tire right, fire. Every fair. game's close. There are shows, I believe even our NFL Network um, pregame show on Sundays, which they now do locks, by the way. I don't, I don't know. Um yeah, but they have like Michael they, Irvin locking up the Bengals. Well, that's exactly my point. The Bengals, Lions ten weeks in a row, eight of their last this nine is, games. Yes, this is going to be a hellacious ass whooping. And if we did locks, and sometimes Greg, you kind of get on us as a group that we stink at locks, but we do it with integrity. There are always going to be games that are, you know, games that you should don't be stink. close. We're, per- we're exactly how you would expect. But my like, point is, most people will do quote unquote locks, lock up garbage like this, uh, because <laughs> you know the Vikings are going to win by thirty-five points in this game potentially. I, yeah, I'll lock this up. Oh, that's brave. I can't disagree with anything you're saying here. <laughs> no, he's not locking that up. I would love to lock it up, but I can't, the mirror the mirror would shatter if I yeah. attempted My to look at the My test is yeah. it's way over that test, too, yes. All right. Let's move to Sunday Night Football. Uh, the Seahawks 10-2 and two coming off that huge win um, on Monday Night Football that move them into the lead in the NFC West. They beat the Vikings, of course. Uh, so they are now tied. They're tied with the Niners, but they have the they've played once and Seattle has that win. So they not only um, are tied in the NFC West, they also now have the tiebreaker. So they're number two seed in the NFC. Now they go to the Rams who are coming off that game. We talked about it on Tuesday in our show about teams that uh, changed the way we felt about them, how their offense uh, got hot. And is that the sign of something, uh, a shift in what's happening? Well, we're going to find out. This is a great test for both teams here. Yeah, I think one of the traps we all fall into is judging a team based on what they did against inferior competition. And maybe I'm falling into that trap because I fell back, uh, I wouldn't say in love with the Rams, but I'm starting to trust them where I, I haven't liked them all year. I haven't felt like their offense was clicking all year. And last week they clicked against the Cardinals, who have a all-pro in Chandler Jones, but not much else in the secondary behind him. So what what will they do against the Seahawks defensive line that has been playing the best ball of their season? They, I, go ahead, Greg. I was just going to say that they had a history, have a history of scoring points on this Seahawks team. And so that makes me feel more confident that the Rams can keep it going offensively, not just in the first game, which if Greg Zerline hits – a kick he usually hits, this division race looks different and the Rams are feeling a lot better. Uh, but last year, when both of these games were shootouts, where they, even the Seahawks had a pretty good defense last year and the Rams put up a ton of points on them both times. And so I expect another shootout in this one. I am locking up the Seahawks in this. Wow. I it, it's you know what I'm really glad the Rams did what they did last week because it makes this game about ten times more intriguing than it had they late you know won thirteen to ten with all the cont- continuation of the problems with Goff but the offensive line isn't fixed and that's going to haunt them I think from now through the end of the year no matter what I just don't see them as a playoff team Seattle to me. Uh, is about as mentally tough as you can get. I don't care if you're in Seattle, you're on the road. They find a way. We talked about it on, on Tuesday. They, any, whatever's happening at halftime, they find a way to finish games every single week. They're running the ball really well, and their defensive front, I think, is going to give Goff trouble in this. I'm predicting Gurley's first 100-yard rushing game of the season. Mm. There is something that, like, analytics can't... You know, there is something to this Seahawks team. It, you just, it's, like, impossible to measure. I think... Like the early Patriots teams especially had it, like the 03 team. It's like 
they can be put in any situation, and you don't know which part of the. They're a tough team to get a feel for because you don't know which part of the team is going to step up in a given week. Last week, it was like their run blocking was great, and their pass rush, even without Jadevian Clowney, was was really good out of nowhere, which have been weaknesses. And every week, it's like they some part of the team finds a way. That's and a great just, sign. Like they just have something about them that's very hard to put your finger on. That takes me back like five years ago when Richard Sherman said, I think it was after. Was it after that negative 12-degree game against the Vikings in the playoffs where he called Russell Wilson, what was it, a mental genius? <laughs> Something like he just never gets down. He never thinks they're out of a game and that the whole team feeds on them. Mm. I know he gets ripped by sports writers and fans for, you know, what like the mic'd him up on Monday Football and he's very much athlete speak. But the disconnect is that for a lot of people that have just grown up playing football that whole time, like, that connects with a lot of his teammates. I'm not saying it's everyone, but... They, Let's check that out. They we buy, they buy into him, though. They buy into him. Clear heart, clear mind, clear eyes. Let's go to work, man. One play at a time, locked in. Let's go do this thing together. Whatever it takes. Great language. Unwavering. Unwavering language. Unwavering belief. His job is not to be Mr. Cynical and you know Mr. Snarky. His job is to lead the team. Uh, I think what my takeaway from that is, and yeah, that's true, and these are all just pro athletes, I thought it was an interesting mic'd up, uh, and I tweeted about this, um, and Seahawks Corner was like, you betrayed us. I was like, no, I'm not in the bag for Seah- the Seahawks. I, I could speak out against uh, Russell Wilson being corny, because I think he is. And I thought it was weird that that mic'd up, you could see how he was, the way he was talking to the players, and nobody was really like even responding to him. It was almost like a, was a robot going up and down the sideline. And then you have the ESPN telecast. Uh, this is an exact quote. They came back from one of the clips, sort of listening in on a masterclass of encouragement and leadership tonight, aren't we, with Russell Wilson? I was like, really? Am I? I'm not picking that up. I, I don't know. I thought he's so talented and so great a quarterback that that's not what the, it's about. And he over, I think he overcomes the fact that he's a bit of a bland well, if nothing else, he's he's firing himself up, and he's the most important person. Yes, I think right? that's and, what it is. And he's as tight as like Tyler Lockett is is. Uh, apparently like his best friend in the world. He's probably the next, you know, most important guy in that team. So it, as long as you're connecting with yourself and you're that good. and you know, a few It other, is a, yeah. a little unusual though, because you, if you watch it and the, you know, a lot of people were pointing this out, there was just zero reaction from any of his, any of his teammates to anything he was saying or doing. It was, well, you know who else is bland? Jared Goff. Like he's not, oh, I'm not sure. running through walls for Jared Goff based on what's coming out of his mouth either. So these guys are all built. I don't think he's even saying but, those things. Yeah. But Seattle's track record suggests that whether they're jawing back at him, that they believe in Russell Wilson. That's you know there well, isn't. No one's there isn't disagreeing with Jared Goff's like, hey, you guys know how late in and out is. Okay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I uh, I wanted to mention you. You asked about Aaron Donald, defensive player of the year. I don't think he's there this year right now. Go win this game for them. Like go have a monster game in a game they have to win in a big spot and then you get thrown into that mix. And I, and he's as good he's good enough to do it against this line. They the Rams one last thing is they remind me a little bit or they have a chance at least. The Falcons and the Eagles, both of the last two years as defending NFC champions, looked pretty down and out at the beginning of December, and they went on a run, and they started to make you believe, and they ended up getting to the quarterfinals and at least making some noise. The Rams have a chance to be like that. What Aaron Donald did to Kyler Murray last week will look like something out of Lawrence Taylor's career where the the closing speed to violence ratio was just way, like 30 years ahead of its time, and the phrase was mental giant that Richard Sherman said about Russell Wilson. Mm. But don't you think, to Greg's point, that Aaron Donald needs to do that 
in a primetime game that matters and changes the way we think about the Rams for, for the narrative-driven Defensive yeah. Player of the Year yes, award? Yes, I do. I think he's going to be in double-digit sacks again, which is unreal for a defensive tackle. I mean, he and the Rams' defense is probably the best defense of his career right now. So I, he should be in the race. Let's move on. Monday Night Football. Giants at Eagles. Eagles, dirt nap game potentially, but who knows? But Yikes. probably. Um, at five and seven, they are one game behind the Cowboys, um, who obviously a Cowboys win and Eagles loss, and you could essentially put it all to bed. Uh, but you have the Giants, and the one thing that gives this game um, cachet. cachet, a little juice, <laughs> is that it looks like a guy we kind of, I kind of never expected to see on the field again, <laughs> Eli Manning, is most likely starting because Daniel Jones, the rookie first-round pick, has a mid-high ankle sprain, and it's expected to cost him at least one game. So on Monday night, Eli back on the field, and there's a lot at stake, including his career record, which stands at 116 and 116. <laughs> oh, wow. This is huge. And Golden Tate looks like he's going to come back from his concussion. Evan Ingram is talking about playing for the first time in over a month. This might be a pretty full Giants squad to take on oh, great. really you hate the it. Eagles team. You hate it. No, they're one of my, uh, you know, I'm not going to drop double Rainmakers uh, here, but I, I'm liking the Giants as a as a heavy underdog. It just feels like such an Eli thing. He's going up against a team he's had the most success against in the last few years, including this Jim Schwartz uh, defense. It just feels like it, it's going to be like an annoying night of Eli lovers uh, saying, see, because this, this Eagles team just feels capable Booger's going to have a field day keeping any team in the game like they just feel capable of of doing anything at this point I'm with you I can can you imagine what happens to the city of Philadelphia in, <laughs> at home to lose to Eli Manning and the Giants this week and essentially end Philly's season that's wild I think it's just insane and they're getting healthy at the right time this right. feels like an Eli special Saquon Barkley looked Sharp last week. I don't want to hear about his injuries or whatever. He, he doesn't look like his like he last jumped year. about fifty feet in the air on one play. I just, dis- I just totally disagree with you. He doesn't look his the vision same is, as last year. is okay. But I I do have a little bit of a conspiracy theory here though. It's like Steve Tisch, the owner, speaks on Monday. He's not happy. Daniel Jones finishes out last week's game and made a lot of great throws in that game. I don't know when the injury happened, but man, he had a lot of great throws in addition to his turnovers. And then. And then we hear about this injury no one knew happened, and they're playing on Monday night football, and the Giants boy is back in the line. He definitely got know. injured. During, I was watching that game when it <laughs> I, happened. I got it, it but like, if, if they were 7-5, and five, would he be playing in this game? If you look Daniel at Connor Jones? Orr's feed, I think he agrees with you. He just find, so There's some people close to the Giants that find this to be a little bit What's suspicious. the logic to it, though, that Eli's getting his job back or just a nice little – No, just that – yeah, they want they Goodbye. want Eli back to give. They're sick of losing, and they think Eli would give them a better chance. And it's Monday Night Football. If he deep sixes the Eagles. Let's say you bring Eli back for one more season. You, you know, make the next head coach bring him back. And the same logic. Yeah, he'll go four and zero, and they'll give him a contract. <laughs> the same logic that we use with Andy Dalton should hold here. That's part of what I'm worried about. Kill man, saying. that's already dead. You right. know, that's true. But in this case, is Eli going to be able to escape? the Eagles pressure like Ryan Fitzpatrick did. He doesn't have Fitzpatrick's wheels. I think the Eagles got tired out in Miami last week watching the end of that game. They dominated the first quarter. But they got I think in the heat and stuff, they yeah. just were not the same team down the stretch. I mean they gave up leads of ten nothing and twenty eight fourteen to the Dolphins. Not a good look. They stink. All right. 
We will recap all the games we just previewed on Sunday night, our flagship show. A reminder, if you're listening to this on the podcast, yes, on YouTube, uh, this show is live every Thursday, and you can um, find it in our Twitter feeds. We'll tweet it out if we haven't already, if you want to go back and watch it. But it is fun to follow along because, Ricky, it gets hot in there in the comment section, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, it's crazy. We've, we've got um, a lot of people watching right now. Over 700 in our small feed that we just started. So that's pretty cool. Okay. 700. People just pump looking up the at numbers it. a little bit. Put a zero oh, on wait, wait, wait. I Put forgot. A zero on I that. forgot. Yeah, it's 7,160. My bad. I'm sorry. I don't have my glasses on. There you go. Um, yeah, and the comments are good. If any, oh, there's a lot of heat going on. People are arguing about the Ravens mm-hmm. and the 49ers. You know, people are saying the Rams are going to win. Mm-hmm. A lot of people say, like, you spelled your own name wrong, yeah, troll. Know. Well, yeah, we do need like the podcast listeners to come into the YouTube comments right. and improve the quality. Kind of take because the guy, the, the guy that you know, like the twelve-year-old that just keeps being like Bernie Kosar, Bernie Kosar, twelve-year-old comments on Bernie Kosar. <laughs> it's just like it's that's just, what Mark's been typing for the past like hour and a half. Nonsensical <laughs> points over and over. Bernie Kosar. Are there any haters aimed at us? Like that they're displeased um, with our work? It seems like a little bit, but no, a lot of love. A lot of people are asking what Wes's kid's going to be named. Oh, that's nice. A lot of people. We had a girl name picked out, but we are. We don't have a, a boy name. Yeah. Unwavering language. Unwavering language. What does that even mean, unwavering language? Like, uh, I'm sorry, Mark. I, positivity. Russell Wilson's he your wants, guy, but he wants what does positivity. that mean? I mean, do I think that Dwayne... What is unwavering language? I don't know. Do what, I you're saying that, that in a huddle. Like, what is that supposed to mean? I guess, like, positive reinforcement, saying positive things. <laughs> it's just a weird I mean, thing do I think chant. that Dwayne Brown, who's been in the NFL for 14 years at left tackle, is, and is, if you've listened to him, is an you know, extremely bright guy, is taking a lot out of that? No, it's maybe not for Dwayne, but maybe some of the rookies, some of the young I guys. I think you, it's for, if it's for Russell Wilson and you're going to get what Russell Wilson gives you a quarterback, then you don't care. Good enough. I'd be fine if it were happening on my favorite team. Yeah, but we're, he doesn't help us. Like, it's not like he's making our careers better. I don't need him to be mic'd up every game. Yeah. I just think that, like, they're saying we don't need to mic him up again. They also That's said, all. like, maybe he he obviously knew he was mic'd up, and there's been a lot of, you know, no doubt about that. But I feel like he'd be that. saying that same stuff. Does it, does it, I think it that's who he like is. He's been, that, he's been that dude. So, it, like, he at least he's real to who he is. You may not find it attractive. I hear you on that. <laughs> I don't think you would want your friend. You wouldn't want your friends walking around before podcast talking to you that way. That would it seems like a nice agitate. guy. Listen, I want to make things clear too. The Seahawks corner because I love it on the corner. Um, he's a good guy. You know, it's just a bit. You don't care about the Seahawks. Uh, he's a good guy. He does a lot of charity work. <laughs> Ciara is a wonderful pop star, uh, and he's one of my favorite quarterbacks that I've ever watched. I just find him to be corny. Well, yeah, the way I mean, we could separate these things. His, yeah, his public persona is kind of a fascinating thing to have tracked over the years. He really hasn't been the same since that Entourage article in Sports oh, Illustrated, which we've read. People should Google, find the cover oh. article of him and his Entourage guys. All the bros in the box at the. And at never the, uh, has there been Mariners like a more game. unintended consequences of like a feature story. I do feel what like he was he's looking for. He's an obvious target for sports writer types. 
right. because of the way he is and because our job is to be the complete opposite or of Or anybody right? else that's not cheesy. All right, but yeah. I'm like but <laughs> it's not all about like you're a cynical monster. It's just no, like but come it's on. but he is he stands out as too enthusiastic and too kind of positive for a culture that does not embrace that at all in ninety nine percent of the space. I think well, he's got four games left to go win an MVP and he's right in there. I don't think it's some blowout here. Russ this can still be Russ's season. He's dangerous. Even the handle of the Twitter. To Dan's point, no I don't doubt. think it's the positivity <laughs> that people have an issue with. It's the it's the robotic nature of the responses. He's a little erotic. I'll just never forget yes. when yeah. I had to like I lived next door in college to this baseball player who always seemed like a quiet kind of tough guy, and he needed me to like water his plants when he went on vacation. <laughs> and I went in there, and on all four walls were written on like probably 50 to oh, 60 no. note cards, like self-encouragement, all positivity, all the same stuff. And I just have known a few athletes during that time. Did that it say unwavering language? I don't Obviously, I was just <laughs> thrown by it. I was totally thrown by it because it was atypical to what I thought of the guy. I'm going to get you a big poster board. I think they're operating differently than we are. You know your uh, little back shed on your property, Mark, where you know stuff goes down? Where you you have your computer, I'm gonna get you a beautiful framed, like you know what is that oh, yeah. store at the mall? Or you get you can oh get, the uh, <laughs> what is it? That absurd store. Positive affirmations like, yes, or whatever it is. Yeah. It just will say unwavering language. All right, if Frame you buy that for me, I'll put it on a wall somewhere. I'm not gonna guarantee where. All right, good. All right, that's it. Good stuff. We got through all the games. Dan Hans is signing off for Quiet Storm, the mailman, the old boss, Rick Halliday. Ryan Bartlett, Christy, Tara, Zach, till Sunday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. 
Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.